I saw wayward traveler in tattered garments clad While struggling up the mountain it seemed that he was sad His back was laid in He's here. Amen. I tell you what, if Brother Jeff had any idea what the service was called tonight, he would have picked that song. <laughs> Hallelujah. He would have done it that way. I saw that holy city, his everlasting home, a band of holy angels all gathered around us. Hallelujah, deliverance has 
you got to put your name there and say that's me amen I'm overcoming regardless of all the strife and all the things that's going on God is gonna give me my reward and I'm gonna press on to the mark of the high calling amen oh isn't he wonderful amen he's been so good to us amen let's just take our Bibles thank you to the musicians and brother Jeffrey God bless you two for two buddy Amen. Amen. Let's turn to 1 John. 1 John, if you would. I just want to, while you're turning in your Bibles, I will say this Saturday, Lord willing, if the Lord tarries another week, we'd like to go out at about, we'll meet here at the church. I've told the young people several about it. If you have a desire on your heart to go out and just be a witness and invite people to the meetings and hand out tracts and we're going to meet here this Saturday the 23rd at about 2.30 in the afternoon just have a word of prayer together and we'll go from there anyone that wants to come along and wants to be a witness in that way you're welcome to come and, and be a part of it and we're just going to hand out invitations to the meetings and I mean hey if someone wants a message book we'll give them a message book too amen if someone wants to sit there and talk for an hour we'll sit there and talk for an hour about the Lord if that's what it takes. Amen. Amen. First John chapter 5. Maybe let's just bow our heads before we, before we pray, before we read. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we're so happy to serve you. Lord, we sing songs like that with gusto, Lord, and with an unction, Father. Not because they sound nice and the music's upbeat, but Lord, there's something in our hearts. Lord, we've been through some things, but you've pulled us through. And Lord, you've helped us to overcome, Lord Jesus. You've been our portion, Lord. And Father, we're so looking forward to that day. Oh, to be in your arms, Lord. To look upon your face, Lord Jesus. Oh, all the toils of this life would repay just for one glimpse of you, Lord Jesus. Father, we just want to pray tonight, Lord. You just help us, Lord, even if we just could see your backside tonight. Just open your word a little more and reveal yourself. Lord, we just ask that you'd make it real to our hearts, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, our shortcomings today, Lord, the things that we've done, that we've maybe grieved you this afternoon, said something, maybe joked too much, Lord. Don't let that hinder your moving tonight. Lord, we pray we just come into one mind and one accord now. And let you sweep over our souls again, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5. We'll just read one verse here. And the band uses this verse to preach some phenomenal messages where he says, So whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Amen. May the Lord as blessing to the word. You may have your seats. Amen. I want to take a, a subject from this tonight, and if I could have a, a title, I've, I've been pondering on this title for a while, but I want to take it this way, and we'll call it the greatest task force in history. 
And I want to take a subtitle of the pedigree of the force. A task force isn't just a task force, but oftentimes it's based in a pedigree. It's come from somewhere. There's ones that have gone on that have done things that are, are great, and it's built upon those things. And I'll say a task force is, is a number of, of essential elements that are put together to, uh, to fulfill a specific task. It's, it's a number of different, but the essential elements that are put all together, and it's for a purpose. It's to fulfill a task. It's to uh, overcome a task. It's in order to, to bring something to pass and in order to fulfill a, an objective and a goal. But, it, but it's, it's, it's not just one person or two people. It's a, it's a whole lot of different elements that have to come together to form what they would call, in a military example, a task force. And, and, and we want to speak tonight on the greatest task force in history. And there's been a lot of, of ones in the, in the military history that they could look at. And there's, you know, the, the, the CIA even started out, I think, as the OSS. And they looked to that as a great task force that was put together. And they went in and they, they began to fight and they began to, to gather intelligence. And it was for a purpose to undermine the enemy. And it was to, in order to defeat the, the, the Hitler and his Nazi army and his regime there and different things. And, but, but in all of it, 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 was, it wasn't just the invasion on the beaches of Normandy that overcame them. That was part of it. There was people that were paratrooped in that were landed in, in, in France. And there was others that were already in there and embedded. And they were there for a purpose. They were there to try and make way and deceive the enemy in order to make it. So that the, the unit and the army that was coming to land on the, on the beaches, they wouldn't be hit with such a great resistance. But they would have a chance to overcome. They would have a chance to make a good landing. And all of these units together were a part of a task force. They were part of a certain task, which was to overcome the enemy, which was to come and bring victory and to liberate Europe and liberate these things. And that would be in the natural. Nowadays, we have modern wars that have gone on for some time. They've been in Afghanistan for 20 years. They've been in, in and out of Iraq here and there. And the Canadians have been just as involved as anybody else. And there's a task force known as the JTF-2 or Joint Task Force 2, which is what they call the, the, the greatest or the, the peak or the best that the, the military has to offer. And they put it all together. And they put it in one little unit so they have the greatest minds, the greatest fighters, the greatest shooters, all put together so that, they, that way they can perform the hardest task. They can go in and do the most difficult thing, and they can get in, and, but, but they're part of a force, and it's not just the guy who holds the gun that's the task force. It's not just the one that's on the radio. It's not just the Air Force a guy that's getting called in to, to help back up. It's not just the intelligence guy that gathered the, the, the intelligence. It's not just the commander that's back in the headquarters. It's all of it together is what's known as the task force. And all of those things together have to work in unity in order to complete the objective and complete the goal. And these, these, the, all of these different uh, parts and cogs in the wheel have to operate together, even though they all come from different places. And, and especially if you look at one like Joint Task Force, they, 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 they pull from all over the Commonwealth, which is Canada's part of the Commonwealth, which is where one, we're Canada, there's, there's Australia, there's Great Britain, New Zealand, different places that are all part of it, that they pull from all these different armies and different militaries and different special forces, you know, all to make up the best. But that's not the greatest. That's the best that man has to offer. But I want to speak tonight on the greatest task force in history, not just in the modern history, but ever that has ever existed, that ever has been or ever will be. Because a task force, all of these things started out, and I, just to take a step back again into the natural for you, all of these things started out with a need. 
They have a pedigree. They came from somewhere. The Navy SEALs, which are very well known in the world, they came from the fact that they needed frogmen. They needed someone to go in the water and swim and mark things out in order to make an amphibious assault or a landing like the beaches of Normandy possible. They had to have someone that knew where the rocks were. They knew how deep the water was. They knew where the, where the tide would be and at what certain time. And they had to go out in the darkness at night and under great cover and, and, and not be seen by the enemy to map these things out so they knew exactly what to do, where to land, how to go. They could tell the army, stay away from here. There's a big rock. You'll get hung up there. There's a, there's, there's a pillbox over there. There's this happening over there. These things were done by men on the ground. There was a need that was created and it created this pedigree that now becomes known as the Navy SEALs, which largely is known as the best or one of the greatest in the world today of a task force. But all of that is in the natural. It comes, and I want to take it in the spiritual tonight. There's men that have gone on before. Brother Branham would take the poem and he would say, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime. With partings, leave, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. And he'd go on to say, help us, Lord, to be up and doing Be ready at any time that God should call us to any task. May we not fail or fear. Amen. May we not fail or fear. There's a task that's been given to this task force today. There's a purpose that has been put together. There's a purpose the bride of Christ is here. There's a purpose you're here. It's not just to survive and just to live and just to be they don't put together and spend millions of dollars on an individual soldier in the, in the Green Berets or in the, in the SEALs or in JTF. They don't put all this money into it just so they can say, yeah, he's good. Well, he can shoot a target really well. Or he can walk for miles. He can do a thousand sit-ups. He can do a thousand push-ups. He can do this. He can do that. That's all great. But that's not the point. The point is to take them and put them into battle so they can fight, so they can overcome, so that they can be an asset to the army, so they can do something good for the good of the country. That's the point behind it. And the bride of Christ wasn't put here just to survive, just to be here, just to show that, that oh, we can live right in a, in a dark age. and Oh, we can, our sisters cannot cut their hair regardless of the influence. Our sisters can wear skirts. Look at us. No, that's not the point. Those things are good and that's a part of it. But the point is to fulfill the objective. And the objective is to overcome the enemy. The objective is to be a victorious army. So that way the the enemy would be completely subdued and overcome. Hallelujah. The Bible would say it's familiar to us in Matthew chapter 11. It said, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. I want to say there's a force today and a task assigned to that force to enter the kingdom of heaven. To overcome is to enter into the kingdom of heaven. To be a part of that in order to be able to know I've got a place in glory. I know I'm not from here. I came from there and I'm going back to there. I know that this world doesn't have a pull on me anymore. I've overcome the pull and the attraction of the enemy. That's a battle and it's an overcoming in itself. It is part of the objective that the bride of Christ is here to perform. And it's not something that can be taken easily. It takes a force and that force is faith. This is not a natural force. This task force is not a natural. You say, well, we're all natural people sitting here. But it's not your natural ability to overcome. Amen. It's a force of faith. 
He says in Jude chapter 1, verse 3, he said, Beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful to me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Why aren't we contending for the laws of the land? Why aren't we contending for what's going on around us out there? Because this is our orders. Earnestly contend for the faith, not for everything out there and what's going on and say, well, everyone ought to be better. No, not everyone will believe this message, but we're called to contend for this message, the faith that has, was once delivered. Hallelujah. This message wasn't a new faith delivered. The force of God, the seven spirits of God that went out weren't seven different spirits. They were the same spirit to each and every age. But it was, it was specifically sent to that age through that messenger. And we received the same faith. That is the same force, the same power that will bring us to our objective. Hallelujah. When a natural tax force is dropped on their goal and they oftentimes are dropped a ways away and they have to uh, hike in and they have to walk into it and they don't leave all their gear where they were dropped. They, 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 you, they, you don't send a bunch of commandos into, into a battle and say, go talk it out. They already tried that. That's why the commandos are there. They already tried diplomacy. They already tried to talk with them. They already tried to go through all the, 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 the natural courses that you possibly could to peacefully resolve something. And when all of that couldn't be done, they said, fine, we'll send in the guy with the stick. We'll send the guy with the gun in and we'll drop him in there. He doesn't just put it down and say, well, they just didn't know what they were saying. I'm going to go do it the way they did it. No, now it's time for something else. It's all part of the same force. It's all part of the same faith. It's all part of the same objective to bring peace, to overcome. But when something doesn't work, sometimes it takes something a little bit more straight. I'll say this faith that we have, it's not a whim. Oh, I expected an amen, not a hmm. I didn't know that, Brother Andrew. It's not a whim. We know that. That's why. It's not something that it's just, well, today I haven't, tomorrow I don't. It's not a hope so. It's not a maybe so. It's not even an I think so or I think it'll happen this way. It's not mind over matter to try and work your way into something. That's not the faith that was once delivered to the saints. That maybe has had its place in here and it may be in there. That there's been a hope and there's been a think and there's been great man put something together that has come to fruition and has furthered the kingdom of God. But that wasn't what the faith that was once delivered. The faith that was once delivered was a revelation of who Jesus Christ is to you personally. And it says to earnestly contend for that faith. Don't stop at anything short of that. Don't go anywhere else. Don't try and walk away from it. Try and understand what is the will of of God in my life. What does he want me to do? Oh, hallelujah. I'm just going to continue on the natural here a little bit because it seems the type's so good and it just keeps coming to me and coming to me. So let me say it this way. When they put together a unit or a squadron or a platoon of men, they don't just pick 10 guys at random. They don't just close their eyes and go, you, 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 you. 
No, they pick specific men with specific abilities. That one's a demolition expert. That one's a sharpshooter. That one's a door knocker. That one's good at this. That one's good at communication. I need a JTAC. They talk to the airplanes. I need this guy. I need that guy. We need these different people that all to be put together so that way in whatever situation we're in, we've got somebody that's good at that. Oh, praise the Lord. Let me say it this way. You're not good at what I'm good at. And I'm not good at what you're good at. But together... Hallelujah. God could put us in any situation. And if we can pull together under the Spirit of God and find a unity in love, then there's anything the devil could throw at us and it will not prosper. Hallelujah. We sang the song, You Can't Be Bound by Broken Chains. And in that verse, it says, Anything that is formed against this bride, it will not prosper. Any weapon that's formed against you shall not prosper because greater is he that's in you. But you didn't get all of it. You got a teaspoon. I got a teaspoon. You got a teaspoon. You got a teaspoon. And together we end up with a cup. Hallelujah. And you get a bit more in there and you end up with a leader. And you end up with, oh, pretty soon you got the whole ocean. Why? Because she, the bride, not me is him. She is him. Oh, praise be to God. Hallelujah. We've got a task to perform. We need to be overcoming the enemy. And you might be looking at me tonight and say, Brother Andrew, I'm drowning. Maybe you're not good at swimming, but I am. God's got lifeguards. Sometimes you've got to call out and say, help me. I'm drowning over here. I got out too far. I should have been in the ankle deep water and I got out in the waters to swim in. I need a little help. Pray for me, Brother Andrew. Pray for me, Brother Ed. Pray for me, Brother John. I'm drowning in where I'm at. I need a little help. I wasn't good at this. Oh, praise be to God. God's got a platoon today, a task force at End Time Message Tabernacle, a little platoon inside this task force called the ministry team. That wherever you're at, God wants to send them down to you. God wants to drop them right down on your address so you might be in the middle of a worse war zone and you might be stuck in there going, I'm surrounded. I've checked all my exits. They're covered. They're covered. They're covered. I'm about to die. God says, don't worry. Hallelujah. The radio crackles to life. Where are you at? Oh, yeah, I see you on my thermal. You're getting a little too cold. <laughs> it's okay, we're going to drop. I don't see you. It's okay, we're going to halo jump. We're up soaring in the heavenlies. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just going down here. I'm so far off my nose, it's all good, but we're here. That's why I'm up here. We might be up in the heavens. Sometimes you need to contact contact. Like Brother Bam talks about and he says about that astronaut, that first astronaut, which was Christ, that went up into the heavens so we could touch him. But what is it? There's got to be astronauts come after him so you can reach out to that one that's touching Christ. But you might say, I can't feel him anymore, but I know my brother can. So I'm gonna get a hold of him so that way he can pull me up. He can rescue me. Hallelujah. Oh my, sometimes they got different ways of doing it. They might send in a ground force and they might drop them right on your address. And they might help you provide overwatch, get you out of there. Sometimes they might just fast rope it. God, just drop a rope right down where you're at and say, grab on. 
it's a wild ride. Hook into your harness because we're going to just pull you out. Too many times Christians have said, I ain't doing that. And turned it away. God said, I sent you. You prayed. I said, ask whatever you will and it shall be done. You prayed, you asked, and I answered, and you turned it down. I sent you the ones. You called the Air Force, and I sent them in, but you were too scared. Don't drop a bomb on me, Lord. I came to church, but don't drop one on me. I don't want to change that much. Let me tell you something, when you're in war, in case you want to have listened to a few different war stories, trying to get into the atmosphere a little bit, figure out, Lord, how do you want to take this? This was on maybe a bit of my heart, and trying to listen to some of these things, and some of the stories you hear of some of these guys that have been out right on the front lines, that's called the tip of the spear, tree one, all those things, and they, they, they go right in and say, when they, when they drop a 500-pound or a J-dam or something right on, right close to your location, the whole earth just starts shaking. Hallelujah. The whole earth, it's going to change you. It'll pop your eardrums. It'll make you listen to something different. When God starts dropping a bomb right on your location and you start realizing, God, you're talking to me. You're changing my life. Pretty soon what begins to happen is you begin to realize, I can't listen to the same things anymore. I can't hear the same. My ears have become sensitive. I can't listen to the same rock and roll, curse and swear and this and that. Why? Because something's changed. God's dropped something right on me. Changed my situation. Oh, praise be to God. Hallelujah. They got something in the Air Force. They call it a C-130. They call it a ghost rider. (laughs) These things only fly at night. Well, we're in the nighttime. (sighs) So I begin to look it up. What's Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30? It says, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. A C-130 Ghost Rider is is an aircraft. It's a great big aircraft that flies way up above the clouds. It uses pinpoint accuracy to drop ordnance on your location exactly where you want it. And you don't even see it. (laughs) You're looking up there going, where's this thing at? You don't see it. You kind of hear it. You start to hear the drone like you hear prop plane. And it starts dropping things, and your enemy starts going, poof, poof, And you're going, whoa. That's powerful. Why? What is it? But God, what's his C-130? He starts saying, I got righteousness. Your righteousness isn't of yourself. It's of me. I redeemed you before the foundation of the world. And that is a weapon that is more powerful than anything the enemy has, circumstances that are all around you. And he starts looking at you and saying, it's not about the circumstances. It's about what I've already done for you. I loaded up a plane miles away and I've got it standing overhead. Where do you want it? Just call your target location. Where do you want it tonight? Where do you want the word of God to hit your doorstep tonight? What's the enemy you're battling? What do you need to overcome tonight? He says, just speak the word. Just get on the radio and say, Lord. Hallelujah. This faith isn't something that comes in brand new every generation. 
It has a pedigree. It's been tested. It's been tried. It worked in the fiery furnace. It worked in the lion's den. It worked with a man that had his eyes put out and was walking around grinding stone for his enemy. And it seemed like there was absolutely no way out. But the trouble is sometimes you stay in a trial so long you forget to realize your hair's growing out. You stay there so long going, God, I'm just defeated. You forget to realize, you know, maybe it's not just the fact that I've been doing this so long, but this, this wheat grind is getting easier. Am I getting stronger somehow? And pretty soon you need to realize, I feel that. My hair's growing back. My Nazarite vow is coming back. Praise God. I've been in this trial for years. I've been praying for years. I don't know when my children are coming back home, but I've been grinding grain trying to say, Lord, overcome. Lord, to undertake for them. Lord, pre-adventure they've done anything wrong. Forgive them, Lord. Continually on the altar of sacrifice. Cry it out for them, not knowing how long it's going to be till one day you begin to realize, oh, he's here now. He's here now. God is here with the victory now. And he says, oh, he didn't look at that boy and say, well, I guess this is the end. No, he said, where's the pillars? He had a revelation. Somebody, this a little boy, a little girl gets up and sings, I know my Redeemer lives. Let it inspire someone to stand there and say, where's the pillars of this trial? Where's the pillars of this temple that the enemy has built over my place? Put my hands on them. Hallelujah, though it slain me. Oh my, praise be to God. Oh, what was the ones that overcame? They overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. And it didn't matter what it costs. I must overcome. It doesn't matter what it costs. I must perform the task that I was called to perform. Oh, Lord, give me courage. Faith, the revelation of the will of God. Hallelujah. They go in with something every time. Every time a task force is sent in, they go in with two things. Number one is clear objectives. They go in knowing what the objective is, whether it's something very particular like a HVT or a high value target, someone that they're looking for, but specifically I want this guy, whether it's something as general as defeat ISIS. They go in with that clear objective, this is your job. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's very clear to them. They know what the will is. They know what the point is. You know what the will of God is. It becomes a revelation to you. Abraham knew what the will of God was. And it didn't matter how long it took. He knew it was God's will. I'm going to have seed. I'm going to have a promised son. And my seed will inherit the earth. And they'll be as the stars and the sand. There'll be all these things. I'll have a spiritual seed. I'll have a natural seed. I don't know how and when. But I'm telling you, that's the objective. And it's going to happen. Because God said so. It was faith in his heart that had dropped in and become revelation. And no matter what anybody said, even as Sarah came and said, let Hagar do it. 
no matter if your best friend comes to you and says, I don't believe it anymore, you say, but I know. But I know. Even if it wasn't real to you, it's real to me. Hallelujah. They go in with one other thing, and that's rules of engagement. There's rules in the war. There's only certain things you can do. They were going with different rules. You can't shoot until you've been shot at or different rules like that. They have to have a gun in their hand before you shoot at them so that way they make sure you don't shoot any civilians or any innocents because anytime there's a war, there's civilians, there's innocent people and unfortunately, oftentimes they die and it's not something to be romanticized or glorified. It's a horrible thing war is. But, but in it, they go in with these specific engagements to try and limit. The enemy doesn't have those rules. In the modern war that's been fought, this is just phenomenal to me because the natural types of spiritual. In the modern war that they're fighting, if you do some research into it, amazing how much it types of spiritual. The enemy that they're facing, namely ISIS or Al-Qaeda or these things, they're terrorists. You know what the devil is? He likes to terrorize you. He likes to tell you you're not saved. You ain't going to make it. If Jesus came tomorrow, you ain't going to make it. He loves to tell you that. What's the point? To terrorize you. He's a terrorist. Furthermore, he will, he, the enemy that they're fighting in the natural, they will simply, they don't have any rules of engagement. They will purposely kill women and children just to draw out the task force. To try and get them in the open out of pity and out of things to try and save the women and children. So they'll purposely send them out. They'll purposely blow themselves up to try and take as many people with them as they can. They don't have any rules of engagement. But we're not of the world. We don't come down to the devil's level. We don't fight by his rules. Just because he's got nothing and he wants to backbite and he wants malice and he wants bitterness and he wants strife and he wants to try and say, this one said this about you, that one said that about you, and this and this and this and that. He doesn't want you to come down to that way and say, well, I'm going to tell him something. That's not our rules of engagement. We have rules of engagement. It's to live right. It's the fruit of the Spirit, to have love, to have joy, to have peace. Those things defeat the enemy every time. You watch a soft answer turneth away wrath. It works every time. Hallelujah. Because we've got rules that we abide by because there's something within us that says, I can't do that. I can't go down that road. I can't go in that bar to try and win someone to Christ. Something tells me, don't go in there. I can't walk in that dance club to try and go in there and say, well, maybe someone's going to get saved. I can't go down to the beach and talk to some women not wearing anything and say, well, I'm going to witness to them. I know better. I said, my wife. I'll go talk to the dude in shorts. Or he thinks he's a dude. He's sissy. Wearing women's undergarments. That's what Brother Branham calls it. Go listen to it. And the message, Satan's Eden. He calls it, he says, that's women's undergarments. And it's abomination to God for a man to put on a clothes that pertain to a woman. Because you know what? I used to wear shorts because you know why? I thought, I'm not a sissy. I know I'm not a sissy. So you want to think of me a sissy? Go ahead, challenge me. But then when I heard that, I went, Lord, forgive me. I was wrong. It's got nothing to do with that. Oh, yeah, it makes somebody a sissy, but why? Because it's a woman's garment. Well, here we go. Yes, it's a woman's garment in Hawaii, too. It's a woman's garment in 
the Caribbean, it's a woman's garment in America, in Canada, around the world. Not just here and then when you're somewhere else, it's okay. No, everywhere. God is everywhere. Sometimes that's so simple. You know, sometimes we need it like that. Remind ourselves. The Bible says strip your pure mind by way of remembrance. And we need to stir it up sometimes. Stir up those waters. Why? Because sometimes the talk gets a little settled. We kind of get hardened and crusted in there. We begin to think like, you know what? I, I, I've been down this road and I've been down that road. And I think that, you know, I'm good the way I am. But you forget underneath that hard crust. There's a little bit of dirt under there. It needs to get stirred up. It needs to get washed out. The trash needs to get put over to the shore. Trust me, it hurts. I've seen someone that went swimming one time and they couldn't see it, but there was a fish hook in the bottom. It hurts when you step on it. But the water looked beautiful. Sometimes we get that way. The water is beautiful, Brother Andrew. My life is beautiful. But that fish hook in the bottom can do a lot of damage. And it's got, got barbs in it and it's hooked right in there and it's just built right down in there and you just someone will find it and it just spark a little bit and you go, oh, that's that old bareness. It needs to get washed out by the washing of the water of the word. Oh my. We've got a clear objective. We've got rules of engagement. The objective of God hasn't changed. The will of God hasn't changed. It's still that you overcome. Listen, he said to the Ephesian church age in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, he said, to him that overcometh, in other words, hey, I've got a will here. There'll be an overcomer in the Ephesian church age. And to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. The Smyrnian church age, years later, he says, to he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. He's beginning to display his will. I've got a will. I've got a task for you. There's an objective for you to overcome. Pergamon, Pergamon church age, he begins to say, to him that overcometh will I give to you the hill of the hidden manna. Thyatira, to he that overcometh. It doesn't change. It doesn't go anywhere else. It says Sardis, Sardisian church age, he that overcometh. Philadelphian church age, him that overcometh. Laodicean church age, to him that overcometh. Will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame? Yeah. Hallelujah. That one's the exact same. That's the only one that says it that way. Not just to him that overcometh, but as I overcame. As I overcame by being the Word made flesh, so will you overcome by becoming Jesus Christ made flesh again, even as I overcame. Oh, praise be to God. For 2,000 years, there's been a task given to this force of faith. And we received our orders as the last words of our commander-in-chief through his last words in his corporal body. We did. You want to hear him? Let's hear him again. Matthew 28, verse 18. I love this. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go you. Hallelujah. He didn't say, all power is given unto me and I'm going up yonder. He said, all power is given unto me. And Brother Brown says, and it's yours to use. 
All power is given unto me and I give it to you to use. Oh, praise be to God. You go. I've given our commander in chief says I've got all the power and I'm giving you the power. What does that mean? What does it mean in the natural? The guy on the ground with the gun doesn't all of a sudden stop and say, hold on a second, everybody. I've got to run back to the Air Force. Get in a plane and fly it back over here and drop the bomb. No. He stays there. He pulls out his radio. Hey. This is Alpha 1-2. What do you got in the area? Oh, so it comes back. Shh. This is Cobra 1-5. I got a whole squadron right behind you. I got F-18s behind that. I got a C-130 up in the air. What do you need? He doesn't come back on the air and says, well, I can spare a Cessna 130. He can throw some hand grenades out for you. No, he says, what do you need? I got everything you need. You just got to tell me, what do you need? Does that sound familiar yet? I got everything that you need. All power is given unto me. You just got to tell me what do you need? What do you have need of tonight? I got everything that you have need of and I'm ready to give it to you. It's lined up in a queue and I'm ready. You just name it. You want a gunship? It's coming. Hallelujah. You want a C-130? It's right above you. You just tell it where to hit. Oh, praise. You want F-18 fast movers? They'll come in gone before you even know it. Evangelists, they come in for the weekend. Boom, drop one on you. They're gone. And you're like, woo, that was amazing. Why? Because God's got it all backed up and saying, I've got it ready for you. Whatever you need, we've got one coming in a week and a half. Why? What's going on? A few fast movers coming in. Get ready. <laughs> Get ready. So I'm here to ask you tonight, what do you need? What do you have need of this weekend coming up? What do you have need of? You name it. Because I got to line up. It's ready. It's ready to go. You just say, Lord, I got this enemy. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, let me back up a step here because you know what one of the biggest hindrances to that Air Force is? When they can't tell friendly or foe. When you become so much friendly with them, he says, I'm going to shoot you if I shoot them. It's called you got to separate yourself. We heard it this morning. In order to come to that real true faith, to come to God, you need to go through the waters of separation. You need to separate yourself from the enemy so that way when you get on the radio and say, I have a need, Lord. He says, yeah, I see it clearly. I know the enemy. I know exactly where to hit. I know exactly what's going on. I'm going to nail it. But if you're sitting there and I like the enemy and he's in my house and I want him in here and I want him in there. He says, if I shoot that, I'm going to shoot you. That's danger way too close. So you know what he does in that case? Yeah, he's got someone for that. It's called a pastor. He's a door kicker. A pastor comes right in personal to your address. Service after service. Just picking away. Taking that enemy out. Taking that enemy out. You're going, but God, I want that big experience. For some reason, I just can't get that big experience. God just doesn't quite move in this way in my life. Why doesn't he move this way in my life? Because you've got too close. You've got too close. He's got to go at it slow and work away at it till finally he can get you separated. 
then all of a sudden it starts flooding in. And it starts flooding in when you separate yourself from all unbelief. The revelation suddenly starts flooding in and you say, oh God, where'd this start coming from? I can't contain the whole. And it just starts coming and coming. Why? Because you got separated from the unbelief and you begin to believe on God. But it took something. It took time. So wherever you're at tonight, I'm asking you to get on the radio and say, Lord, I have a need. Whatever that need is, God's got the tool in the toolbox to get to where you're at. Oh, praise be to God. Overcome the enemy. The task hasn't changed. The face hasn't changed. The faith hasn't changed. It's still the same faith, the faith. What keeps changing? The badger skins. The only thing that gets worn out is these old wine bottles. One's got to go for a while. He used, we heard it on last Wednesday, or a couple Wednesdays ago. He used Brother Harold for a purpose. But once that badger skin got worn out, what happened? He raised up other ones. To do what? Be part of the same force. Perform the same task. To begin to bring you to a place where you could overcome. To perfect the saints by the fivefold ministry. It didn't change. The force didn't change, just the badger skin changed. So that way it's not the same guy all of a sudden knocking on the door and going, hey, where's the old guy? He's gone on. I'm here now. Hallelujah. This one's gone on. That one's here for a time. That one's there for a time. They might move in, move out this way, that way. We had Brother Obed come in for a time and move back out. Why? It was a badger skin that came in. God used him, moved him back out again for somewhere else. Why? Because he's got another deployment. <laughs> Oh, praise be to God. God knows what he's doing. He's the commander-in-chief. He doesn't make any mistakes. He doesn't overstress his people. He doesn't ask too much. He says, I won't give you more than you can handle. Oh, praise be to God. I'll never give you more than you can handle. Sometimes as ministers especially, we chew off more. We get going, get going, get going. Then we go, oh, Lord, we overstepped. Sorry, forgive me, Lord. I went too far, and we got to back up. It happens sometimes. Ministers aren't... aren't uh, Above that, as all of you, God will never give you more than you can handle. Quite often we get outside of his will. When the objective is so clear, take this objective, take this target. And as we're walking by, we go, oh, but I want to take that too. He says, I didn't tell you that. I gave that to somebody else. Hallelujah. When Caleb came to Joshua, he didn't go and say, give me my mountain. And then halfway there, go, but I like that mountain too. And I like that mountain too. No, he said, that's his mountain. That's his mountain. That's my mountain. He went and took his mountain because he had a purpose. He had a task. And he went. It didn't matter what was there. We had mighty Gentile warriors that, that were there in the, in the days of David. Phenomenal man. One of them jumped in a pit and killed a lion. <laughs> One of them took out a giant with 14-inch fingers. Brother Brown said, you have 14-inch fingers. That's the same. Fold your hand in half right there. 28-inch hands. I was tempted to buy some of those, you know, the big number one hands and just pull them out at this moment and be like, hands this big. But you know what? They don't sell them that big. I couldn't find any 28 inches. That's huge. And he jumped in there and not even with anything, he took the spear off the guy and killed him with his own spear. Why? Because he had a job. Protect David. 
protect the king, protect God's anointed one. And there was nothing going to stand in his way from doing that. Oh, hallelujah. Praise be to God. I love Joab. When Joab, when they got out there and they were about to take Jerusalem and they got right in there and David says, I figured out a way into the city. The first man in the city, he'll be the general of my army. And Joab goes, hey, wait a minute. That's my place. Don't you get in my way. I'm going over you. That's my mountain. You ain't going to take my mountain because I'm going to overcome. And it didn't matter if they had that well guarded with every guard in the city. They could have gathered around there, but he said, I'm going to be the one opening those gates. I'm going to be the first one in that city. I'm going to be the one out, but I'm going to be opening those gates because I'm the general. That's my place. Hallelujah. Oh, you're going to have to fight for your place. Let me just jump ahead for the sake of time. Oh, my. Task force is made up and includes different elements of the military. Whether it be from the special forces, the Navy, the Army, the Air Force, the intelligence, all of these things come together to create it. All these fighting elements are combined into one force with one specific task to perform. And every one of these elements has their own indoctrination courses. I love this part. They all go to their own schools. They all got their own indoctrination. Then they say, this is the right way to do it. This is how you knock the dark door down. This is how you drop a bomb. This is how you call an air force. This is how you do that. This is how you shoot. This is how you line up on the door. This is how you hold the gun right. This is how you put it this way. You should hold it this way. You should pull it up this way. They all got their own indoctrination course. They all got what they're good at. And they all got this way. But let me tell you something. When it all comes into unity, that's when it's deadly. Hallelujah. And you might have it and you might have come down and say, but I'm different because God's task force, it's made up of all kinds of different elements. The person next to you on your right and on your left is different than you. Even if that person is your spouse, they've got their own differences from you. You might be one flesh, but together you're stronger. Hallelujah. Because when you come to this point, you realize I'm not them and they're not me, but I can do what they can't do and they can do what I can't do. And we got to come together in this way under a unity of the Spirit. And we begin to work together as a force. Instead of as an individual running on ahead and being an island unto ourselves and saying, but I think it's all about this, but I think it's all about this, but I think it's all about that. You have a personal revelation of Jesus Christ that is personal to you. And that is your indoctrination course. That prepared you for the battle. That is your pedigree that you can look back and say, I'm connected to the vine. Brother Branham says that. He says, that is the pedigree of the bride of Jesus Christ, is that she can point back and say, I'm connected to Jesus. I'm tied into the vine. I am the vine. He's the vine, and I am the branch. And the vine doesn't bear the fruit. The branch bears the fruit. Hallelujah. He's not depending on himself. He built this force, but he's depending on you to take the objective. Praise be to God. Oh, praise be to God. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 23. Close with this scripture. Lord willing.
Exodus chapter 23 and verse 20 says this. Oh, this is phenomenal. It says, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way. Who did he send before the bride? A seventh angel messenger. Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way. Stay in the message. Stay in the word. Feed on the word. Feed on those tapes. Listen to those tapes. What's it going to do? It's going to keep you in the way. And to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Oh, he says in the New Testament, the way I go you know and where I go you know. And they said, what are you talking about? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What did he bring the message for was Jesus Christ in our day coming down to live in human flesh again. Oh, praise be to God. To bring us to the place that he's prepared. Beware of him. (laughs) He doesn't say he's just a friendly guy. Beware of him. Watch that angel. Obey his voice. Provoke him not. For he will not pardon your transgressions. Hallelujah. He's not going to look at it in the end when you come to judgment and say, well, you know, it's okay. I know I preach it and it's recorded and you can get it for free nowadays. But it's all right. He won't forgive that. He says, listen, I preached it. It's there. I said it. You knew better. And now we're getting straight. Now we're getting down to the door knocking. Oh my, for my name is in him. Where did he choose to put his name? Not William Branham, Jesus Christ. This message is not William Branham. This message is Jesus Christ. And he says this, he says, but if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to thine enemies. And I will be an adversary to your adversaries. That's when he begins to get on the radio and say, what do you need? You're obeying my voice. You're doing what I told you to do. Ask whatever you will and it shall be done. Hallelujah. He says, for my angel shall go before thee. And listen to how he words this. And bring thee unto the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. He doesn't say that the angel will defeat them for you. He says he brings you to the objective. But you have to overcome. And how will you do it? I will cut them off. He says. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. How are you going to do it? Greater is he that is in me. Not greater is me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world because he has overcome already that I have overcome with him because I'm identified with his sufferings. Oh, I got to keep going quickly. I got to put this in here. It says, for thou shalt not bow down to their gods nor serve them nor do do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images and ye shall serve the Lord your God and and, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water and I I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. That's my God. 
Hallelujah. I am the healer of all of thy sicknesses and diseases. We heard about a Dr. Jesus. It's Dr. Moses. It's because Moses was preaching. He didn't want to say Dr. Moses. But it was Dr. Moses that had it in his toolbox. He even opened it up and said, what was in there? I'm the Lord God that healeth all thy sicknesses and diseases. He didn't open it up and there's a bunch of ketamine and morphine and fentanyl and all these other things going on and all these other drugs and all these other things. i got to give you penicillin and antibiotics and all these things. No, no, he says, what's in there? I am the Lord thy God. They needed something physical one day to heal them and God didn't say, all right, we're going to call the, the, the alchemist and we're going to whip something up. He says, get a brass serpent. Form that brass serpent, put it up on a cross, hang it up. Whoever looks shall live. Why? Because it was still base. The force was faith. Hallelujah. I'm so happy I'm not in a science-based religion. I'm so happy I'm in an eternal-based religion. I've got a foundation of faith. It's a sure foundation. Oh my, says, there shall nothing cast their young nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. Not you, I'm not going to let you know. I'm going to fulfill it. I'm the Lord. I'll make sure. I will send my fear before thee. That's when you wake up in the morning and the devil says, I don't know what to do with him. Why? Because it's the fear of God is put in the devil. He might be a terrorist, but he's terrorized by the, by the bride of Christ. We've terrorized the terrorist. Oh, hallelujah. And I will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. I sent the angel to lead thee to thy people, these, these objectives, and I will destroy them. And I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. You know, if you listen to winter views of tier one operators, these are guys like SEALs and, and all those special forces guys, they'll, they'll say the best firefight they've ever been in is when they never had to fire their gun. The best firefight they were ever in was when they could just go, blow it up. I see the objective. I got it in my sights. Take it down. The best firefight you'll ever be in is when you're not down there fighting tick for tack with the enemy. Trying to go at it toe for toe, but you could just get on your knees and say, Lord, you've got a bomb in Gilead. I got a problem, Lord, and it ain't my problem. It's your problem. Hallelujah. You can destroy the enemy. I see the objective. You take care of it. You led me to it, Lord. And now I'm looking to you. We shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before thee. Oh, my. And the next verse, verse 29 says, And I will not drive them out before thee in one year. (laughs) Hallelujah. We all want that instant victory, don't we? We live in an instant age of Laodicea. Oh my, sorry, I do. I want it. Hey, I'll be honest with you. I would love it if I got on my knees and prayed and God went, you got it. Done. Instantly victorious. But it ain't that way. Sometimes you got to hide in the trenches a long time. And you're praying and there's a battle going on and there's airships going overhead and God is bombarding that enemy and he's hitting that enemy. That enemy keeps coming and coming. And you got to keep praying and praying. Say, Lord, I don't know where they're all coming from, but they're coming. The enemy's against me right now. But Lord, I believe. I want to let you know I'm not giving up. Because victory is not surrender. Victory is not retreat. Victory is overcoming. Let me say it this way. Character is a victory. 
Victory, in order to have victory, you have to have suffering. War is not to be romanticized or glorified. It's a hard thing. There's suffering in war. There's death in war. There's loss in war. There's sacrifices in war. There's hard decisions to be made. People are going to die. Say, Brother Andrew, that's hard to say. That's war. Let me tell you this. You're in a battle. You're in a war against the enemy. The The gloriful thing. Is that a word, Brother Mark? The glorious thing is we read the end of the book. We know who the victor is. But character is a victory. You're going to have to suffer. You're going to have to go through some things. And character isn't giving up. And let me say it this way. Character is not the suffering. Character is the victory. Character is when you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony and you overcome the enemy and you overcome that thing. It's not the suffering. Say, but I'm suffering, I'm suffering, therefore I must have character. Character is the victory. Hallelujah. Look it up. Sorry to see in church age. Brother Brown talks. I got the quote here if you want. Wonderful quote. He says, and also he says in that same quote, he says, in order to reign with him, we heard about it this morning, reigning with him. And I'm looking forward to that. I am so looking forward to that. Psalms, 10, Psalms 139 starts to talk about where, where David starts to say, I hate those that hate you with a perfect hatred. Oh, hallelujah. Those that hate God, there's something that rises up in a real believer. He begins like, go, repent. Let me say it to the church today. Don't let the successes of the wilderness Rob you from the glory that's in the promised land. Oh, praise the Lord. This world is the wilderness that you're walking around and around and trying to possess your promised land. And to wit the end of the winter, to wit the redemption of our mortal bodies. We're looking for our mortal bodies to be changed and made immortal. We're looking for this corruption to put on immortality. We're looking for those things. But that's the fullness. That's the, the, all of the victory. That's the full victory. There's a lot of victories before that. That build the character of Christ in us. It doesn't say that he'd be the only brethren. It said he'd be the firstborn among many brethren. It says the world is groaning and travailing for the manifestation of the sons, plural, of God. It's looking for you. It's looking for me to be man of the manifested word of Jesus Christ. Oh, because Brother Abraham says this, says, you are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill which cannot be hid. Hallelujah. We'll end right here if the musicians want to start making their way up real nice and slow. It says this, a city which cannot be hid, and we tonight ought to be ashamed of ourselves. And honestly and humbly confess our unbelief before God and ask him to forgive us of how we represent him in this life. Oh my, you are a city on a hill. You are the light of the world. And we ought to look to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry I've been ashamed. I'm sorry for the times I haven't been a better witness. I'm sorry for the times I haven't invited somebody. I haven't said something to somebody. I've walked right by them and your voice told me to say something. I didn't. 
I'm ashamed of that. The quote goes on. He said, the Old Testament people did not have his presence. You're unaware of that. He says, you refer back sometime to Elijah, to Moses, to those people, Moses and Elijah, and those people were great men, ordained of God, but yet not the privilege that you have. They haven't the privilege. They do not have the power given to them to perform as you have got yourself. Everything that's in Christ is yours. They foresaw this day and embraced it and believed it and looked for it to come before it ever come and were living in it and afraid of it. Where are we at, church? If Satan's body can operate by unbelief and doubts and fears will produce what the scripture says it will. Satan's body producing sickness. COVID. It'll produce disasters. All kinds of earthquakes in diverse places. It'll produce all of these things. All kinds of horrible things. And then people by unbelieving produce that. Shouldn't people believing with the power of God harness these things and bring them back into correction? I'm putting it right on us tonight. The task force. He created the task force. God's a builder. He built it up. But you the performer. What did Christ redeem us for? Did you ever think who he redeemed us for? Why didn't he just make you the atonement and say, well, there's no need to give them deep powers. There's no need in making this, this, this man a son of God. There's no need in doing that. I'll just, you know, ask him to believe it, write his name on the book in heaven, and that'll settle it. Why didn't he do that? It wasn't God's way. But he gave us these redeemed blessings that we might operate the work of God by the energy of the Holy Spirit. He gave us these redeemed blessings so we, the task force, can operate the, the, the will of God, the work of God, by the energy of the Holy Spirit. That it's Him in us energizing us to do it, but it's up to us. When He called Abraham, what's the first indoctrination course He put him through? Will you obey a direct order? Will you believe? What did he say? Go, I'll show you a land. Abraham said, yes, sir. And he went. That's the first thing he's trying to get to you. Will you obey a direct order? When I say, you must repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Will you obey a direct order when I tell you these things? When I say you cannot understand the kingdom of heaven. You cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven except you be born again. Will you obey? Hallelujah. How do I do it, Brother Andrew? Trust and believe. Obey 
and follow after him. It doesn't just stop there, the quote. Forgive me for just dragging it on a little bit longer, but it's, it's so good. He says, listen, St. John 15, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Do you know the vine can't bear fruit? Although the fruit is in the vine, it's all in Christ, but he doesn't bear it, but the fruit cannot be brought forth from the vine. It has to have a branch to bear the fruit. You are the branches. Now the vine has all of its energy, cannot produce anything unless the branch is willing to receive the energy. Hallelujah, there has to be an openness, a separation from sin. Say, Lord, I'm willing to receive. Pour your spirit out on me. Fall just like the rain. Saturate my thirsty soul. Oh, praise be to God. Why don't we stand to our feet and sing that song together. So read this last. It says, God is depending on you as a member of his body to bear fruit of his spirit. And now if he's depending on you, let's open our channels and let the Holy Ghost come in tonight and energize us and free us from all the fears and doubts. The last two words he says is revivals come. You want revival? Open all the channels. Let God wash you out again. That's what a revival is, washing all the trash to the shore. Let him wash it out. Say, Lord, if I got to suffer that I must reign, increase my courage, Lord. Pour your spirit out on me. Fall just like Saturate. Don't you just raise your hands, show yourself in with him. Say, Lord, this is what I have need of tonight. Follow fresh on me, Lord. Fill my cup. Lord Jesus, pour your spirit out.
personal. Pour your spirit out on me. It's just between you and God now. Fall just like Fall on me, Lord Jesus. Let me be ready to receive. Separate me from all sin and all unbelief, Lord. Try the reins of my heart, oh God. See if there be any wicked way in me. Oh Jesus, I need you now. Heal my heart and make me whole. I need you now. together say play that softly Lord I need thee and I should find thee I know there's still another Sunday and we'll have another gift coming on Wednesday we want to set our hearts towards the Lord if we could do it now and just begin to set our hearts before him and say Lord I'm going to open every channel tonight I want to open everything to you. We've got a busy week ahead of us. We've got a wedding on Friday. God bless the, the couple that's going to be married and service on Wednesday and witnessing on Saturday and services on Sunday and the special meetings start next week if the Lord would tarry. But let's consecrate our souls even now. Say, Lord, I want your spirit to move me. I don't want to come to the special meetings and it come upon me suddenly. And I'd be found going, oh, Lord, I've been too busy. I can't receive properly. It'd take me four or five services to even get into it. Till finally Sunday night, I'm finally receiving. But, Lord, I want Thursday night. I want it to start right there. I want you to come down and begin moving in our midst from night one, from night two. I want you to move every single night. I want my heart to be so cleaned out, so purified by God. And I want it to start now, and I want it to continue tomorrow. I want it to continue on Tuesday and Wednesday. Let me give us a couple weeks, saints, to set ourselves aside. There's a task force here. We've got a task to overcome the enemy. Are you up to it? Seriously, consider in your heart right now, young person, elderly person, married, single. Are you up to it? I don't want to just Wednesday all of a sudden go, oh yeah, it's happening. We need to consecrate ourselves. But I want right now, Lord, from this day forward, set my heart to that. I want to receive. I want to receive. I want to be so separated from sin that when the fast movers come in, you can just let it go. You can just release it right on me, Lord, and then I don't, I don't have to need a whole bunch of more coming in and separating and separating, but Lord, just let it go. Father fresh, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, you see every heart that is here. Lord, I haven't asked for a raise of hands. I don't, we don't need an altar call, Lord, but Father God, we just want to set ourselves to you tonight. Lord, to set our faces to you, Lord Jesus. You're here even now, Lord. You've come to ask tonight, Lord. You know, it's not even in my notes the way it came out. I skipped over most of them. And Lord Jesus, what do we need? You've come to ask us tonight, what do you have need of? I'm ready to deliver. I'm bringing in all that you need. Ask, just ask, 
Seek and you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. He's here for you. Lord Jesus, hear the cry of our heart, I pray. You, I know you hear our prayers. Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, this would just go before you as a sweet savor. May it continue in the weeks ahead, Lord Jesus. Lord, we'd just be looking. We're looking to Wednesday. What would you have for us? We're looking to Sunday again. We want to come consecrated. The end is so near, Lord. Father, we don't say it as some kind of fear tactic, Lord, but Father, Brother Brennan would say in the 50s, it's later than we think. We're now in the 2022. It's later than we know. Help us, Lord. Don't let us ever be ashamed of you, but increase our courage, Lord. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you give us a boldness from here to go out, Lord Jesus, and tell everyone we know. Give us wisdom, Lord, to be wise as serpents, humility to be harmless as doves, Lord Jesus. Father, discernment, Lord Jesus, to do that which you have need of that we could be of service to the King again. We commit our things to you. We commit each other to you. We thank you for one another. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that because we love you, I can look over at my brother and say, I love Brother Tim. I love Brother Mike. I love Brother Ed. I love Brother John. Each one, I could go down the pew, each one, to express my love to them. And Lord Jesus, it's because it's you in them. Lord, that we could band together, Lord, and know that though one could slay a thousand, two, ten thousand. What about a whole force? A task force united under the Spirit of God, under your unity, Lord. Give us that unity, Lord Jesus, in one spirit, in one accord. And each one that would step into these doors, visit her, Lord Jesus, or not, would be convicted in their heart and move closer to you. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 Let me just sing that chorus or that song. It's a consecration song, and then maybe we'll change the order. All I want to see is Jesus. Oh, I know the time is near. If you just sing this to him and say, Lord, this is, this is my desire. You're all I want to see. I know the time is near when everything that I hold here will lay before the Holy
him say, depart from me, your worker of iniquity. That would be the most heartbreaking. Brother Branham says it's the only people that are going to be disappointed in that day. The saints. The saints won't be. They knew Christ. And they'll hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. There's a sinner that rejected God. He's not going to be disappointed. He knows where he's going. But there's the ones that thought I knew. Oh, Lord, don't let me be in that number. But let me hear him say, let me just see Jesus today and none of me. But let me see Jesus. Hey, Amen. I wonder, I just want to give you time and I'll give Brother Jeff, I'm just going to pass it over to you if you could start with that song that the little girl sang today, Sister. I know my Redeemer lives and God bless you. I just worship the Lord for a few minutes and I'll dismiss you in the name of Jesus Christ, but we'll let Brother Jeffrey lead us in worship. Don't you love the Lord? Hallelujah. Who taught the sun where to stand?